the draft is upon us. It's time for our final mock draft, our predictions for what will happen in the Bengals' seven picks this weekend. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bengals fans? And welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko. He's James Rapine. We are your daily hosts of the Locked On Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to this podcast on YouTube or follow anywhere you get your podcast and join the first listen club becoming every day or as we have you covered every day here this week after the draft and going into the draft today. This episode of Lockdown Bengals is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM and with the draft upon us, of course, if you've ever dreamed of being a GM and running your own draft, Ultimate Football GM is the game for you. You can download it at ultimate-gm.com or find it on the App Store and get a 100% free boost to your franchise using promo code LOCKEDON in all caps in the game. Before we get to our predictive mock drafts, James, some news broke yesterday after we recorded on Wednesday that we should really talk about here quickly. And there's some interesting things happening in Washington, D.C. this week that we'll touch on as well. But let's start with the Joe Burrow fifth-year option. I think there was some initial thought that like oh no why are they doing that they should just do an extension yeah it's a formality this should have no bearing whatsoever on the extension in fact it's so much the case that the at bengal social media tweet about picking up the fifth year option even spelled it out they're like this is a formality in the process we're still working on an extension just to try to preempt the the concerns but of course that happened a little bit anyway i think by now people probably mostly understand that it is a formality a step in the process of getting the extension done it's great news and it was going to happen but essentially joe burrow's under contract for two years now and any extension will be on top of that and as of now he's set to make 29 and a half million dollars in 2024 could change those numbers could change some depending on extension and how they move the money around and all of those things. But you're right. There was a little panic. I had a, a family member reach out, had a, a neighbor ask me when I was outside about it, but uh, all is well, relax. It's, it, it's going to happen. I'm confident in saying that it's just a matter of when. Yeah. So that's the Joe Burrow news. T Higgins back for voluntary program, by the way. And you mentioned James before we started recording that he was there last week as well. So there's a photo yep. of him up on Instagram today. So that's great. Also, T. just a, a minor note that T. Higgins is there for voluntaries. Uh, last note before we dive into the mock drafts, James, is that speaking of fifth-year options, Chase Young, former Joe Burrow teammate at Ohio State, right, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, did not have his fifth-year option picked up by the Washington Commanders, who are in the middle of an ownership change uh, that, that may apparently be announced and finalized tomorrow or something. I don't know. A lot of drama happening in D.C., but the interesting part is Chase Young. Trade candidate? Don't pick up that <laughs> fifth-year option? Go go sure. trade? What, do you, what does he cost? I'm interested. Like, legitimately, I, I don't know what he would cost, but that's a really good player, and, and they don't become available like this very often. Would that's you give up? He is available, to be honest. 
Sure. People are reaching there, but let's just play this game before we dive into the mock. Or would you give up pick 60 and, and there would be an and, pick 131? So round round two and four, would you do that? Probably. I, I would maybe try to get a player into it if I could, if there was a player that they like to replace one of those picks. And naturally, it's Jonah. Everyone's going to bring up Jonah. Well, and and Washington needs needs tackle help. It could get interesting. Here's how it gets interesting: If Washington whiffs on the tackles that they're targeting in this draft, and you come out of it, I don't I don't know if it'll necessarily happen during the draft. Maybe it does after round one. Look, if the Bengals could turn Jonah Williams, regardless of what happens at right tackle, and a pick or two into Chase Young you feel pretty good about it. Now there's the injury question and and the physical would be huge because he's coming back from a serious injury. What if you're Washington, do you ask for like a Joseph Osai ascending player, same position kind of thing, younger, two years on his deal. What, what what kind of value would Joseph Osai return in a trade? Would the Bengals be willing to pat to, to, to part with Joseph Osai for a player like Chase Young coming off the injury with the questions for him? You know, it, it could get complicated and I'm glad I'm not, in the room trying to make those decisions. Let me ask you this. Would you give up a conditional 2024 second round pick that was based on the number of games that Chase Young played to where it, and if he hit certain stats would turn into a one or is that too much? Turn into a one is it's a two and then turns into a one. It's very risky. I know I I wouldn't do that. I'm just asking you. I mean, I think it depends on, on what the, what the conditions are. I don't know that Chase Young for his draft pedigree and for, for, you know, everything that was great about him as a prospect will command that kind of value, just given the way his NFL career has gone. I still think there's a lot of, of potential there to be tapped. I still think he's a really good player. And that's why we're talking about it at all, mm-hmm. but I don't know if he'll command that kind of value James. No, probably not. I'm just throwing out hypotheticals. I agree with you. I think his stock's pretty low and you have the injury history. I still think he has value. Certainly much more value than Jonah Williams to give you just a, a comparison. Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting. Who knows if they want to trade him or not. Uh, but that said, the 28th pick certainly not in talks for Chase Young regardless. And that's where the Bengals sit on Thursday night. I know you had some some debates with yourself about what the, the Bengals should do at 28 or what they will do at 28 rather. That's what we're doing here. This is what we think they will do in this mock draft. So let's talk about round one, because I think everybody knows where they're looking and the guys they're looking at. I think we've correctly identified that. Now it's a matter of who's going to be there and who you think they end up taking. And this is what's so hard about it. And this is why I have six and a half different versions of my, my prediction, my predictive mock drafts. Right. And I have like this whole spreadsheet with different players for every round. And it's like, okay, here's like the, the eight guys that I think are in play in the first round. Which of the eight guys who I think is going to be there? Which of the eight guys do I think they're going to pull the trigger on? Yeah. And I think I land on Emmanuel Forbes. I think that, you know, like Bengal Sands, like Dave Laffham, like Joe Goodberry, like Paul Daner, like everybody who covers the Bengals, Emmanuel Forbes, if he's available, makes a ton of sense based on everything that we've heard, based on the visits, based on the premium position, based on his production based on his film the the weight is the only question the other big question is will he be there 
being mocked in the teens now. There's a lot of smoke connecting him to a number of other teams mm-hmm. at this point as well. So I land on Emmanuel Forbes here kind of as a default. If he's there, I think they would take him. The other guys I considered here were Kalijah Kansi and Jameer Gibbs. And the reason is partially because, you know, as I go through and try to simulate and put myself in the shoes of the other 29 teams, I think, or 28 teams picking in the first round because a couple teams have two picks and Miami forfeited their pick. I keep landing on a situation where there's nobody else I like in the first round, but maybe it's Brian Brzee and we should be giving more attention to that potential fit, but I, I land on Forbes. Uh, you talk about landing on the right guy and not the wrong guy. You just, that's a 180 for me. It's like, thanks. I hate it. If you take Brian Brzee at 20, I just don't, I'm out on that and it'll probably happen and I'll probably interview him Friday. So I'm setting myself up for failure. That said, maybe he turns out to be a great pick. I think Emmanuel Forbes is their guy. Like if it's him, Canty, Brzee, um, and I'm just talking about guys that are there at 28. I think they take Forbes. I think they take Forbes over a lot of these cornerbacks in this draft. And it's just a matter of, will he fall there? I don't think so. I don't think he'll fall there. And that's why I didn't mock him to the Bengals. And everyone knows how bullish I am on Jameer Gibbs. I think that there, there is a scenario, my God, I hope it doesn't come down to Brzee and Gibbs and they take Brzee, where Gibbs is the, the top guy on their board. And I think he would be instant impact. I'm not going to go too much into it here. But you know how Jamar Chase won Offensive Rookie of the Year? Well, I think they could have another Offensive Rookie of the Year two years later if they take Gibbs 28th overall. I don't think they would take him ahead of Forbes. They probably wouldn't take him ahead of Joey Porter Jr. if he fell or um, the uh, Deontay Banks out of Maryland. If one of those corners fall, I think they would probably take the corner. But there's also a chance that none of those guys are there. Mm-hmm. And so do, do they do Cam Smith? Do they go Jameer Gibbs? I'm going to bet on Gibbs. We'll see if I'm I'm right. Could definitely be wrong. I know the running back pick makes people cringe. But uh, let's get to the other six rounds now assuming that they don't trade for Chase Young. So we will do that starting with round two coming up next here on Locked on Bengals. Today's episode of Locked on Bengals is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard us talk about this fantastic GM simulator before. And if you've ever wanted to try to create your own dynasty, whether you believe in building through the draft happening tomorrow in the NFL or today, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, or you think free agency is the way to go, Ultimate Football GM gives you those choices. You can hire the right coaches, the right coordinators, set your draft board, navigate free agency, make sure you're getting the right scheme fits. They've incorporated scheme fits into the game. If you've got a West Coast offensive coordinator, you're going to want to get West Coast players to fit that scheme, and they'll get a little bit of a boost. It's a challenging and realistic game world and completely free, playable offline. You can play on the go as you want and when you want to. And right now, Locked On Bengals listeners can get a 100% Free boost to your franchise. All you have to do is use a promo code locked on in all caps in the game store when you sign up. That's locked on in all caps. So check it out at ultimate-gm.com or find it in the app store to start your dynasty today with Ultimate Football GM. Today's show is also brought to you by Schultz and Sons. Schultz and Sons is a one-stop shop for all things jewelry. We're a one-stop shop for all things Bengals. They're the jewelry version of of the essentially the jewelry world right and and you're talking about matt schultz who's been a bengals fan 
for decades. He's a diehard. Me and him chopped it up, watched some March Madness together. And look, if you're looking for the perfect diamond for her or the perfect piece, whether Mother's Day, with Mother's Day coming up, I know in my family, the next few months, it's a bunch of birthdays. Well, you got to get the Schultz and Sons because they have 0% financing options for 12 months. They're AGS certified. So that allows them to offer a selection of exclusive and rare jewelry. And they're going to help you find the right fit. I think that's the biggest thing. Draft season, it's all about fit. It's why I like Jameer Gibbs to the Bengals because I think it's a good fit, great fit. And Schultz and Sons is going to be a great fit for you as well. They're at 2202 Dixie Highway in Fort Mitchell, just five minutes from the bridge into Kentucky in the Kroger Expressway Plaza, directly off the interchange. Stop by, tell them you're a Bengals fan, tell them Locked on Bengals sent you. They're a Cincinnati tradition, so make sure you support them. The Schultz family has been in the Cincinnati area for more than 50 years. Check them out online at SchultzDiamonds.com. That's S-C-H-U-L-Z Diamonds.com. And remember, when it has to be perfect, it has to be Schultz and Sons. We're not going to get these mock drafts perfect. At least that's where my confidence level is (laughs) right now. Uh, Speaking of Jameer Gibbs, just the last point I want to make there. I hope I get it perfect. At least in round one. We don't think Emmanuel Forbes is going to be available. I don't know if Jameer Gibbs is going to be available at 28. He might not. He might not. He might that that's the thing with all of these scenarios that we're talking about. Like all these guys that we're talking about, they just might be picked. And maybe that's like doomery of me, doomer dash e, right? Yeah. To to think that everyone that we want or that the Bengals might want will be gone, but it could happen. And yeah. and that's what happens when you pick at the end of the round. It's it's tough. It, it, that's the hardest part about this, right? And when it when it comes to to Gibbs, here's the argument because people say, "Oh, running back." Well, he's really an offensive weapon in a draft class that early in the draft doesn't have many offensive weapons. There, there aren't. I mean, there's a scenario where not many receivers, maybe one receiver goes. I'm not saying it's the the most likely scenario. One receiver goes in round one. If that's the case, I don't think Gibbs makes it to 28. Hopefully, four receivers go in the first 27 picks. Hopefully four quarterbacks go in the top 27 picks and maybe one of those corners falls or multiple corners and gives, I, I want the Bengals to have options. And so hopefully he's there. Hopefully Forbes is there and and they can take the best guy on their board, but we'll see. I I think that you're right. The hope is that for five Hendon hooker sneak into the first round ahead of the Bengals, like five quarterbacks, four receivers in the first round is probably the best case scenario for the Bengals. Maybe some interior offensive linemen as well, like Osiris Torrance, one of these centers, John Michael Schmitz, uh, Joe Tittman, Joe Tittman from from Wisconsin. Getting some buzz. Getting some buzz. Yeah. You know, Cowboys, make your center pick in the first round again and surprise everybody. And instead of, you know, we're seeing the Cowboys connected to Michael Mayer, to Jameer Giz. We haven't even talked about the tight ends, but we're about to talk about some tight ends, I think, in the second round. Because it's likely that one of two things is true in the first round for tight end for the Bengals. Either the guy they want is picked and is not available to them, or they don't see them as a first round prospect, depending on who the guy is, it's available. And mm-hmm. that could be any of the potential first round tight ends. Although we have reason to believe based on a conversation with Brian Callahan, that Dalton Kincaid would make a lot of sense and would fit what they're looking for, or at least what he's looking for in the second round. James, I went back and forth between three tight ends 
in in the scenario where the first round pick is an offensive player, I was looking at a defensive player. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the version of my mock where I land on Jameer Gibbs in the first round, I landed on Derek Hall, edge rusher out of Auburn in the second round. And the version that I'm going with, which is the Emmanuel Forbes in the first round option, I'm going to stay optimistic in the second round <laughs> that a guy is available again like I did with Emmanuel Forbes. And that's going to be the case for a few of these rounds. And I'm going to say Sam Laporta here. Mm-hmm. Although, again... I have serious doubts that Laporta makes it to 16. In that case, do they pull the trigger on Tucker Craft? Or is there a defensive lineman or another defensive player that they just like better than Craft? If Dalton Kincaid does not make it to 28. So to me, if they don't take a tight end in round one, that's how I'll put it. This to me is the sweet spot where one of these guys will be there. And I'm not sure exactly which one it'll be. It might not be Sam Laporta. Because I could see him going 38th or 42nd. But Luke Musgrave, Sam Laporta, Tucker Craft, probably one of those three. I will put Darnell Washington in that mix too because I do think there's a scenario where he falls. Would the Bengals pull the trigger on Darnell? I think it's an interesting question. But I too believe that one of the the pass-catching, better-fit options, whether it's Tucker Craft, Luke Musgrave, Sam Laporta, will be mm-hmm. there at 60. And I mock Laporta. And it the, the reason I think Laporta could be there, because you're seeing all this smoke, but there is no consensus. And so Darnell Washington, the Bengals may have him sixth out of these tight ends, but he also might go 32nd. And eh, probably not to Pittsburgh, but you never know. Point is, he might go early 30s. And then Musgrave could go. And then someone might like, like you watched Kraft, and you like Kraft a lot. Like you mm-hmm. can see the path where Kraft goes before Laporta. It bumps Laporta down. So I think that this is where they take a tight end. If they're taking one on on day one, I would say it would be Kincaid. And if they're taking one on day two, it would be one of Laporta, Musgrave, Kraft. And I'll, I'll just give an honorable mention to Darnell Washington if he somehow fell to 60. Those would be the four. Now I'm casting a wide net, but I think those are the five tight ends could they take Mayer? I think there is a scenario, so I guess I should mention him. I just I think he'll be gone where they take one of these tight ends in the first two rounds. If not, I don't even know if it's worth taking a tight end in round three. Anyways, long story short, I'll take Sam Laporta in my mock round two. Yeah, so we, we've got one pick that we're aligned on here, and it makes a lot of sense if he's available to them. Some other guys that we should shout out, Isaiah Foskey, I think could be in play as an honorable mention kind of name in this round as well. But really I was looking at tight ends and I was looking at edge players for the most part. Does an edge player fit there? Let's talk third round. Let's finish this out. We have a lot of rounds to cover here, James. We'll finish the show with the rest of the draft coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack and maybe the Bengals go Jake's route and take Emmanuel Forbes, he needs to get on the Built Bar plan, and here's why you should. Because high protein, low sugar, low calories, and it's a, a candy bar, essentially. It's a protein bar, but it tastes like a candy bar because it's covered in 100% chocolate. It's everything you could ask for in a protein bar. And whether it's their churro flavor, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, you're talking about 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein, perfect for you, perfect for Emmanuel Forbes, perfect for Jameer Gibbs, who will probably want a healthy snack if he's Cincinnati bound. So all you have to do is go to built.com, check out all the different flavors and place your order today. And 
Well, they're available in Sam's Club right now, 13-bar boxes at Sam's Club. So if you're a Sam's Club member, get in on the action. If you're going to Walmart, maybe you have that Walmart delivery, have a box delivered today. Thank me later. Built Bar, the number one protein bar on the planet. Check out Built.com. Round three, James. I have like eight different names for round three and my six and a half versions. A lot of the versions, a lot of those half versions were for round three. So that's why there's more names than versions. I landed on Roshan Johnson here. This is hopeful. I think that he is probably picked by now. But if they wanted to start the draft with a a corner tight end, they want to get a running back. I think Roshan Johnson is the last guy that can do it all in this draft. And for me, the honorable mentions, there's some corners here. There's uh, Kendra Miller for another running back that I think fits in the third round. And if some guys fall or, or some other guys that I think they would consider here based on the, the level of interest they've indicated in these guys so far, Gervon Dexter, who I think is picked by this point, but if he's available, I think Gervon Dexter would get strong consideration from the team. Fits a need. They met him at the combine, has a lot of athleticism to him. Rasheed Rice, if they decide to dip into receiver here, Rasheed Rice is a guy that I like the best in the third round. And Blake Freeland, who they met with, the BYU tackle, crazy athlete. I think a lot of work to do. But those are all those are a lot of my honorable mentions there. There's some corners as well. Like I said, if they don't go corner in the first round, and maybe that's where you land, having knock on corner in the first round. Yeah, I do. Because I, I think if you spend those first couple of picks on offense. Well, you got to get a corner at some point. And I think there will be a good one at at 92. And that's the beauty of it is is if you don't get your top guy in round one, you see the tight end cliff coming round two. Mm -hmm. Well, one of these guys should fall and be there round three. And it might not be Darius Rush out of South Carolina, who I have the Bengals taking. But you just look at the profile of some of these guys. And he's only played corner for a couple of years now. One of these guys could fall, and I think that they would take him over a Garrett Williams out of Syracuse, over Corey Trice out of Purdue. And uh, and so, yeah, I'm going with uh, a guy that, if he's there in round three, I think could certainly be, be, be BPA. And there's so many different paths, right? Because this could be the Tajay Spears right area where they potentially look at him here in another world, maybe in your world. Um, you know, if Roshan's gone, especially, but uh, Darius Rush would be my pick here at pick 92. Yeah, and the Bengals had a presence at the South Carolina Pro Day. They were working I, w- with both Cam Smith and with Darius Rush yep. at that Pro Day. So there's clear contact there. Rush, 23 years old, is a guy that I like the fit. I, I like the idea. There's a few other corners that could be in play here. Uh, one of them is is Hodges Tomlinson from TCU. Mm-hmm. Short in stature. Has that dog in him. He's a baller. A, yeah. a guy that tested really, well, not really well, ran a 4-4-1, had above average, above average RAS, but a lot of that is brought down by his size. Really productive player. Caillou Blue Kelly out of Stanford. Cameron Mitchell, two others that fit the Bengals in a lot of ways. They, they ticked the athleticism box. They were good enough in terms of their overall athletic profile and crazy, crazy productive players at Stanford and at Northwestern. So a couple other guys that I think could come into the play, come into play in the third round at corner, 
there's probably some others too. Maybe that's where Corey Trice is. Maybe that's where Garrett Williams coming off the ACL Mm -hmm. comes into play. Garrett Williams could be talked about much higher in this draft had he not had that injury. And maybe the Bengals can afford the year given what they've got at corner. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that that's all of those guys could be in the mix and that's what's tough. Right. But it, it just, Depends on the path they go and in who's available, but uh, I'm sticking with defense in round four, which might might surprise some after the back-to-back offensive picks. So it's pick 131. I'm going with a defensive tackle, three tech, Kobe Turner out of Wake Forest. I, I think it just makes sense. You know, could he be an instant contributor at that spot? Maybe you rotate him a, a bit with some of your current defensive linemen. Obviously, they drafted Zach Carter last year. It's not a great defensive line class but you look at what they have under contract, don't have under contract. I think it would be nice to have another three tech option. And so at this stage, if they don't get one early, right, if they don't get Kalaja Kansi, I think that this might end up being the sweet spot where they can take a stab at a guy that could be not necessarily a project, but I don't know if he's going to have a huge impact in year one, but he could certainly help and play a role on that defensive line. Yeah, I could see that. Another guy that would make sense to me at three tech in the fourth round, if he's available, is Moro Ojomo from Texas, yep. who in a couple of versions of my Emmanuel Forbes in the first round, mock situations, scenarios, I, I landed on Moro Ojomo here. And actually two out of three of them, but not the one that I'm talking about today. Uh, <laughs> so many versions, so many versions. So many versions. And this tells you <laughs> where I'm at with what I think the Bengals are going to do. Because I could see Kobe Turner. I could see Moro Ojomo here, who they had contact with throughout the process. Uh, at the Combine, was it? No, I'm confusing him with his teammate, Keandre Coburn, they met with at the Combine. Nose tackle out of Texas. They do not have recorded, reported contact with Moro Ojomo. But I do think Ojomo fits a, a lot of what they'd like to do. I land on, however, a wide receiver here. We've talked about it. Uh, earlier in the draft process, the Bengals don't go back-to-back years without drafting a wide receiver very often. Sometimes it's not until a little bit later in the draft, so maybe it is later in a guy like Jaden Hazelwood or a guy like uh, Rakeem Jarrett, who Joe Goodberry mocked to the Bengals and really made me want to mock to the Bengals. Fits a lot of what they like in terms of a profile. It was a good shout by him. Early declare, has the athleticism they look for, has you know, at least good production, not great production. But Parker Washington, they met with at the Combine, is younger. He's short, but he's not small. Talked about that yesterday with Joe. Five, nine and a half, 204. That is a stocky running back build. Great hands, great career drop rate. Should be pretty good after the catch. So Parker Washington, slot of the future. That, that could be the wide receiver for this year. And the reason I land on him is because they had contact with him. Sure. No, I, I like Parker Washington. This would be the place you'd have to to take him, but you could certainly see the path to him being wide receiver four or five, whatever you want to make him, and then next year be able to, to, to walk into a little bit more of a role on offense and contribute in other ways this year as a rookie. So I do. I think they want a receiver. It's just not a good class outside of these slot guys. And so at some point, I think they'll take a stab at one. Obviously, I haven't done it yet, and I'm not doing it in round five either. Jake, I'm going with a guy you've mentioned on this pod, and I think you took on on one of our mocks recently, back-to-back defensive linemen. Look, if there's one thing I know 
just look at last year. We saw Brian Callahan once. Lou Anarumo is going to win those draft arguments a, a decent amount. The Bengals know, and I know that's not exactly what happens, of course, but the Bengals know they have to get younger on defense. Your guy, Josh Tupo, is not um, under contract after this year. DJ Reader in a contract year. And I'm not saying that Keandre Coburn out of Texas is going to replace DJ Reader. But at this stage of the draft, can you find what you were hoping to find with Tyler Shelvin? That was a big boomer bust pick. But I think they were just hoping that worst case, he was a contributor. And I think that's what Coburn can give you long term is at least an option at nose tackle where, yeah, he might not have the boom, but he certainly doesn't have the bust that that a guy like Shelvin had and and should be able to contribute and, and be that guy. Maybe not this year unless there's an injury, but certainly in 2024. And so at this stage of the draft, it would be good to get someone in and start to develop him before he walks into a, a bigger role or more substantial role in 2024. And Coburn has a little bit of pass rush to his game, similar to how DJ Reader has a little bit of pass rush to his game. He's got a little bit of juice as a power rusher at 332 pounds is what he weighed in at the combine. And that's 332 at six, one and a half. So that's not 332 at like six, five or six, four. Like Brian Brzee is six, five and much lighter, but he's stocky. Yeah. Or or like Gervon Dexter is six five and a half, three ten, and is another guy considered to be one of the nose tackles of the class. Jared Clark, another nose tackle in the class, six three, three thirty-four, so two inches taller. So Coburn dense, let's say. And if Coburn's a pick in the fifth round, I, I would not be mad at it at all. I also have like six different players in play. This is a theme in the fifth round. I'm gonna land here on a defensive player because they've gone three straight offensive players for me. And I think I'm going Lonnie Phelps, edge rusher from mm. Kansas here, local guy. They, they met with him at, at some of the local workouts. So they've had some contact with him and I'm probably overrating the contact bit because they don't always lean into that, but he was productive and could fit as a rotational edge rusher. Other guys I considered here in some other scenarios were McClendon offensive tackle, a tight end if they don't have a tight end yet. This is where, you know, you could see a Davis Allen, Will Mallory pick. If either of those guys make it this far in the draft, Josh Wiley, I'll throw in there. Josh Wiley. Yep. That's a good shout. And I think that's it. Can I give one more? Yeah. And this is kind of mean because it's kind of a little shot at Chris Collinsworth. Anthony Johnson jr. (laughs) Makes sense right here. Just not in the first round, (laughs) not at 28. Like, man, you that told me wild. they picked Anthony Johnson Jr. And he was right about Dax Hill last year, by the way. But like, if they take Anthony Johnson Jr., and I'm not being mean to Mr. Johnson, let's let's wait a little bit because I think they could take a safety. I don't think it's likely. I think they could, but not on the first two days of the draft. I think that is very, very unlikely. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you there. Let's hop to the sixth round where, Ooh, man, things get spicy in the sixth round. And one of my Scenarios, this is where Rakeem Jarrett fits for me, but he might have to go in the fifth round just yep. in, in the wide receiver class that it is. Asim Richards, offensive lineman from UNC. Makai Garner, corner, LSU. I land on Tyler Lacey here. Mm-hmm. I'm going back-to-back defensive lineman like you did earlier. Another guy they had contact with, which I'm at this point realizing that I'm really overrating in terms <laughs> of me projecting guys to them. But Oklahoma State... Oregon, Oklahoma State, yep, one of the OSUs. 
interior defensive lineman, going to be a, a three-tech kind of player for them. Mm-hmm. That's where I land here. Wouldn't be shocked at all if they go a different direction. This yeah. late in the draft, going interior defensive line with the draft pick when they've invested in Zach Carter last year, would Tyler Lacey be active? I don't know. Maybe that's an argument for one of these other guys. Maybe it's a tight end here. Maybe Will Mallory makes it to the sixth round. What direction do you take? Quarterback. Because there's been so much smoke with quarterback from the rumored interest in Cooper Rush to talking with Trevor Simeon and bringing him in for a visit to not re-signing Brandon Allen to bringing in uh, Dorian Thompson. Um, DTR, was it Dorian Thompson-Roberts? Right. Ro- Robinson, Dorian Thompson Robinson, something like that. DTR, either way, from UCLA. Uh, I I don't have, yeah, Thompson Robinson. I don't Mm -hmm. have him going, by the way, so I don't need to know his name. Clayton Toon is who I have. Quarterback out of Houston. He's 24, so he's older, but runs a 4.64, is an accurate passer, is one of those guys that to me, I could see it. He's 6'2, 220, accurate. Could they develop him into a quality backup for the next few years? I think so. And it, it just it seems like he would fit what they would be trying to do more so than a guy like Thompson Robinson. So if Toon's there, I, I could certainly see that being the pick at this stage of the draft. Some other guys that I, I think would be in consideration here. Evan Hall, DTR, maybe they want the, the kid out of UCLA, the running back or the um the quarterback. Trey Tucker, punt returner from UC, I think mm-hmm. could instantly come in and give him some juice there. My guy, Deuce Vaughn, you mentioned Rakeem Jarrett. I think that's worth mentioning. And then another guy that they met with and brought in for a visit, Colby Sorsdal, another 1AA lineman, and he's an offensive tackle. I think he's in play here round six, round seven. If they haven't addressed offensive line and they haven't in my mock, that, that they could look at the, the 1AA ranks again like they did last year with, uh, with Cordell Volson. So we'll see, but I have Clayton Toon going here. And speaking of one double A guys or small school guys, Jake Witt, who tested yep. amazing at six seven three oh two. I have would him be, would be in another. this range too. Yep. Yeah. Uh also on quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, another top thirty visit from Purdue, would would yep. be another one. But Clayton Toon, three time captain at Houston. So good call. If you like the uh the captains, that, that one stands th- out for the Bengals. I think they will have, and I'm speculating, I have no idea. Tune ahead of O'Connell and Thompson Robinson on their board. Now, will he fall to them in round six or whenever they're they're wanting to to potentially take a quarterback? I don't know. But yeah. just looking at his profile versus theirs just makes more sense to me. Maybe I'm dead wrong, though. Yeah. Speaking of Jake Witt, I land on Jake Witt in the seventh round, assuming that he's available to the Bengals at the end of the seventh round, which is a big yeah. assumption. Maybe Evan Hall, if he sneaks out, to, to the yeah. end of the seventh round on a bad team out of Northwestern. Maybe that's maybe that's an option here. Maybe it's a punter. Yeah. Bryce Beringer, Michael Turk, you name your guy. Maybe it's Ed Rusher here if they haven't done it earlier. Brenton Cox, a guy they met with who's projected to be a late-round pick out of Florida. Again, talking about guys they met with, which is probably a fatal flaw in my predicting here. Who do you land with in the seventh round, James? Wide receiver. You know I had to take one. And, and they have to take one, right? Because they just they never go two drafts without one. And I think Grant DeBose makes a lot of sense. This could be a round six guy. I'm not sure if he falls to the end of round seven. But you're talking about a guy, good size, 6'2", 200 pounds, had 792 yards last year, caught a touchdown against Deontay Banks of Maryland, who's going to go on day one. And 
to me, I look at it as a, a nice little project in a guy who's good at, at contested catch making. And could he develop it to a contributor down the line? Maybe. Obviously, you're going to have to cut your teeth on special teams. You mentioned the punters, Brad Robbins, I'll throw out there as well, Adam Corsack. Mm-hmm. And then again, I, I think that this, you, you had Jake Witt. I, he's in the mix here. And I think Sorsdal, again, I just want to put that name out there, Colby Sorsdal. Don't be shocked if, if they go that route here, depending on who's available. So who knows if we're right with any of these picks, Jake, but we've uh, we've reached the end of our mocks. Yeah, last couple of names I want to throw out. Jaden Hazelwood as yep. a late-round wide receiver that fits. They had a virtual meeting with him, but he checks their athleticism and production checkboxes. Matt Landers as well, athleticism with – solid not great production fits a couple of the things they like a wide receiver but you get to the end of this wide receiver class and and there really aren't a whole lot of guys that look like they hit the thresholds for the bengals so that's where it gets a little bit challenging for me to project any of these late round guys although they did meet with a lot of guys that that could be at the tail end of this draft or undrafted free agents at wide receiver so in summary james let's run through the seven rounds real quick uh, Xavier Valade, mm-hmm. run, running back out of Arizona State. Did you mention him? I did not. It's a good okay. Show. He's in another one in round seven. It might be just a priority free agent, but round seven, I could see them potentially yep. being interested in. Yep, I could see it as well. So, just to summarize real quick before we get out of here, Emmanuel Forbes, first rounder. I think we both agree that if he's available, very likely to be the pick. At least that's what the smoke signals are telling us, the rumors are telling us. Second round, I land on Sam Laporta. Third round, Roshan Johnson. Fourth round, Parker Washington, wide receiver, Penn State. Fifth round, Lonnie Phelps, edge rusher, Kansas. Tyler Lacey in the sixth. Interior defensive lineman, Oklahoma State. Jake Witt in the seventh for that hyper-athletic Northern Michigan offensive tackle project as a, as a recent transition to the position. Yeah, and for mine, Jameer Gibbs running back out of Alabama round one. Sam Laporta, that's the one pick that we both have. Round two out of Iowa, Darius Rush, the corner out of South Carolina. Round three, Kobe Turner, Wake Forest, along with Keandre Coburn, Texas. And rounds four and five. Round six, back to offense, Clayton Toon, throwing it all over in the preseason and backing up Joe Burrow and Grant DeBose, promising wide receiver out of Charlotte in round seven. You know what my big takeaway is, James? What? You've heard me say this before. Get more picks. I don't know that they are going to be able to accomplish all the things that I want them to accomplish in this draft without more picks. But there's always a cost to getting more picks, and that's what makes it very challenging. Yeah, I, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Like, because I, I was looking at some of the free agents out there. Like, if they wanted to, to circle back in, in whatever hole they, they haven't filled, fill it in free agency afterwards, and, and I mean veteran free agency, Mm-hmm. I think they're able to do it. We'll see, though. It depends on what they do. But I, I, I agree with you. They're not going to get everything accomplished. There's going to be something. Offensive line in my mock. There is not an offensive lineman. Um, and let's say they go interior offensive line. Well, now they won't have that extra three tech or maybe nose tackle or second running back if you projected that or insert whatever that you know some people have projected. So they're going to miss something that, uh, that we're all trying to fit into seven picks. You're right. And the other thing is we could see them double dip at a position we don't expect them to because if they are trying to draft BPA, which we generally agree they should, that could lead to two corners. That could lead to two tight ends. That could lead to two running backs. That could lead to 
two earlier defensive linemen, perhaps. Who knows, right? And, and that's where they probably should be. We're trying to, you know, in most of these scenarios, hit a number of positions. Neither of us double-dipped, per se. I mean, you got two interior guys, but nose tackle, three techs, so. Yep. You, you know you know the double-dip I want to see? Running back. F- well, for sure, right? I've sent you a 1,000 simulators with two <laughs> running backs. Jameer Gibbs, round one. Evan Hull, round six, your guy. That would be fun. My that guy? would be a lot of fun. Yeah, Northwestern, baby. What do you mean, your guy? Of course he's, not he's a your my guy. guy. The my guy at running back is only Roshan Johnson. That's the only my guy at running back. Ugh. He's not going to be there. You taking him at 60? No. That's, that's wishful it. thinking, all right? That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. We're going to be back with you after the first round. After day two, after day three, we'll have you covered here on the Locked On Bengals podcast for every pick. And if you need more mock draft action, you can go check out the podcast network-wide Locked On NFL mock draft on the Locked On NFL channel. And check out all of the other content on the other Locked On NFL draft, the Locked On draft dudes, all the other content leading into the draft out there if this isn't enough for you. But we will be back with you in the near future here So until next time, hootay and have a good one.